This is Tracy. This is Kurt. And this is the MFG cast. Today, we're going to do a review episode of Imhotep, The Duel, by Thames and Cosmos. Or Cosmos and Thames? Thames and Cosmos. Okay, I did have it right the first time. Or Thames and Cosmos. Uh, No, I don't like it. I like (laughs) Thames better. Hopefully, it's Thames. Probably depends upon what part of the country you're from, probably. Yeah, probably. But we're going to say Thames and Cosmos, because that's just what we do. Imhotep, The Duel is a two-player game. Hence, the dual piece of things. And it's a game by Phil Walker Harding. He is also the guy that did the original Imhotep game. Like I had already said, is a two-player game. And I don't know if it says in here what the time is. It just tending up and time whenever it's done. Yeah. <laughs> However long it takes you to play the game and how much strategy you want to utilize to play this game that's right i don't ever go by the times no to be honest with you because it depends on the people this is the story of emotep the duel the competition of master builders continues in emotep the duel you play the roles of nefertiti and akhenaten one of the most popular royal couples of ancient egypt place your meeples tactically to unload the most valuable tokens from six boats Little by little, you build your four monuments in order to gain as many points as possible and win the duel. Wow, you read that very intense. Thank you. It's like, it's, I should like try to like, try to like try out for like VO work or something. That'd be cool. Wow. That'd be awesome. It might be your calling. Emotep the duel. <laughs> so, Thames and Cosmos, hire Kurt. Yes. For your voiceovers for Emotep. The duel. <laughs> oh, you could hire me too. Listen oh, to that. There you go. Perfect. Yes. Yeah. So basically, you're trying to, you know, build up your build up your monuments, and during your turn, you can take the following three actions. You can place a meeple, you can unload a boat, or you can play one action token. Those pieces, I feel like, are very similar to the original game. Mm-hmm. You don't have meeples in the original game, but you're placing those stones. From your area to claim on boats. This one, it's just meeples to be able to claim specific boats. So kind of relatable. Yeah. But in a two-player fashion instead. Exactly. And on this one, you're actually, the boats are connected to a three-by-three grid. And it's basically like you're kind of doing a chess match-ish kind of game where you're, depending upon where your guys are planted on there is how you would unload the boat. So, like, if the closer to the harbor that your guy is, if you unload that boat, the closest gets the furthest away token, 
which there's three tokens per boat. And then uh, second, second closest would get second furthest away. And then third furthest away basically gets the third or gets the closest one. So in my head, I always had to go farthest away gets the closest. <laughs> I could never remember that. Right? Closest gets farthest away. So no, you are you definitely can't. See, I already screwed it up. <laughs> See, I kept having to ask her every single time. Yeah, exactly. But the only time you can claim what's on a boat in the tokens is if there were two guys going one direction. So the boats are lined up on two of the four sides of the three by three grid. So you have uh, basically the three by three grid and there's three boats on the right side and then three boats on the bottom of the the square grid, basically. And the boats are loaded. And if you have guys lined up, whether it's two of your guys or one of your guys and one of the other person's guy. Or two and one. Or two or, and one or, or three, three or whatever you do, you can choose to go left to right, up to down, you know, however, whatever direction you want to go. But you have to have at least two meeples. On there to be able to claim. To unload the boat. Yeah, to unload the boat and claim those tokens. Or claim and, some of the tokens, yeah, at least. exactly. And then depending upon which side you play on, you would actually have... Side of what? Uh, side of your... Depending upon what side of your monuments you play on, it's a certain... You would get certain points depending upon what it is. So when, you, when Kurt talks about the monuments, he means... That there's basically a makeshift board type thing that lays out. And so there's a side A and a side B. Okay, so I will first des describe side A. So when using side A, you have an obelisk. So for every obelisk token, you get one point. And then if you have more obelisk tokens than the other player does, you get an additional six points. So majority rules there for extra points. On the temple, each circle symbol on your all of your temples yields one point. And then for the pyramids, your light and dark pyramids, there's two of them. They score individually. The more pyramid tokens you have, build on those, both of those, the more points you get. So depending upon how many pyramid tokens you have, you score different points. So uh, one token for one points, two tokens for three points, three tokens for six points, four tokens for 10 points, five tokens for 15 and six for 21. And then lastly, the tomb. For every one, two, three, four, or five or more connected tomb tokens, you would receive points. So for one connected, it's one. For two connected, it's four. For three connected, it's nine. And then 16 and 25 points. So it's different, different grouping. So you can actually have more groupings. So you can actually get more points that way too. And then also at the end of the game, Every unused action token, which we'll talk about the action tokens here in a second, yields you one additional point, and each meeple still left on the harbor yields you one point. And then if you have the most points, you win. And if there's a tie, the person who didn't start the game wins, which I think is lame. But that's the, that's the rule. So should we maybe just describe the B-side before we get into the tokens first? So yeah, yeah. so what, Tracy, why don't you tell us about how you score for the B-sides? Okay, so there is a, a variant side, the B side, and this one was quite a bit different, I thought, than side A. It was, definitely. So it's the same 
How many sections are there? One, two, three. There's four sections. Okay. So it has the same four sections, but you basically just flip around the different sections to side B. And in the obelisk, obelisk section, I can't say that word, <laughs> the first person to collect five of those tokens actually um, scores 12 points. And then they basically flip over the fifth obelisk. They basically flip over their fifth token that they've collected to symbolize that they're the first one. And then the other person can still continue to collect them because they will get six points if they collect five also. However, if the other person is just like, that is totally not what I'm going for. The other person, the the first person who has already scored um, the 12 points can continue to go and go for the gold, basically. And continue to collect those obelisks. <laughs> obelisk. Uh, obelisk. Put that e in there, okay. baby. <laughs> obelisk tokens. And if they collect 12 of them, or no, excuse me, if they collect 10 or more of those tokens, they actually will score the 12 for being the first player. And they'll actually score an additional six points. For collecting 10 or more of those tokens, which means they'll collect 18 at the end of the game, yeah, which cool. I think is cool. That is cool. It's like, it's like the, it's like, hey, look at this ominous big obelisk that's just raining down on you. Yeah. Subadal <laughs> thing I cannot pronounce. Okay. The next one is the temple. The temple works a little bit different on side B also because it has the... The tokens that have numbers on them kind of look like dice. So it has one or two circles or three circles or four circles. And based on um, the sets that you get, you score points. So if you get a number of different tokens, you get for every one that you collect, you get one point. Every two, you get four. Every three, you get nine. And every four, you get ten. So if you get... Nope, 16. Oh, 16, because I can't read. Just kidding. You want to just say it again. For every four, 16. For every four, you get 16. So then, so if you collect a one, a two, a three, and a four, you have 16 points right off the bat. But this one's cool, too, because you have the ability for multiple sets also. So if you get another one and another three, if you don't get a two, that doesn't matter because you still have two more of these dice-looking tokens. And so then you'd get another four points in addition to that for a total of 20. So that one works a little bit different on side B. Mm-hmm. There's also the pyramid. This one can be the kicker. Yeah. And this one got Kurt. I don't like this one at all. <laughs> um, this one's very interesting. We had a huge debate about this one. So you have the um, light-colored pyramids and the dark-colored pyramids. And these are scored based on it actually only scores on the smaller pyramid. So you can go ahead and happily collect light-colored pyramid tokens and dark-colored pyramid tokens. But it's only going to score on the one that's the lowest. So here I'm all excited because I've collected four light-colored ones, but I've only collected one dark. It's only going to score on that. And if you've collected one, if I've collected one dark-colored one, I score zero points. However, if I wouldn't have collected that one dark one, I would have scored negative six points because I have collected now 
four light-colored pyramid tokens and nothing for the dark ones. So Kurt didn't like this because he went hog wild collecting a bunch of, yeah, not a, not fitting in with this game. And I don't ever say that term, so I'm not really sure where I. hog wild. Yeah. So that kind of irked him because he wasn't thinking that he would get a negative six. And um, they also have it written on there that if you collect six, then you get 45 points. That would mean that you have to collect, I would assume, six and six, which is all 12 of their temple tokens, Yeah, which, which would be bananas. Seems impossible. But hey, who knows? They're, but they would. I would assume they had to write that out there for all the possibilities That's of true. the game. That's true. And then the last one um, that they have on side B is the tomb. And this one is each group that you have scores four points regardless of its size. So there are 12 total tomb tokens. Boy, that is a lot of T's. And you could collect one tomb token, and that would be four points. But once you start connecting to that tomb token, this is where it's different on side B, is if I collect a tomb token that has a one on it, and then I collect one that has a two on it, now that one's still worth four points. But if I collect one that has a six, then I still I get four points. It doesn't count for the um, number values on the tokens, but as long as they're separated to, to create different groups, then they're scored individually. So you could score a... You could even go every other number or something like that and Mm -hmm. score points on this one. Yeah, definitely. Same with this side. Each unused action token yields one point. And each meeple still on the harbor, harbor meaning that um, grid that we talked about, also yields one point. And so let's let's talk about some action tokens. So they have some action tokens during the game too. So like I said, you know, they're the for the actions that you can take, you can place a meeple, you can clear a boat, or you can um, play one of these tokens. And these tokens it's weird. Like I'm going to talk about it now just because I, I want to talk about it. I feel like when we played the, the A side of this game, I felt like we didn't use the tokens as much. And it felt, felt like the B side, like you really, I think you, it really felt like you really needed these tokens to play for the B side. But I like to play it. You know, we've played it quite, we've played it quite a bit so far and I'd like to play it more just to see if those tokens make a difference more for A than B. Well, but I I don't know if we just didn't play the tokens on the A side because we felt like we didn't need to, or because we were being too nicey or what. But you're right. I we totally used the tokens mm-hmm. on. I totally avoided the tokens on, on side A. a. Yep. Yeah. Not totally avoided them, but I really didn't want them. I did the same, pretty much. But. But yeah. <laughs> So these tokens kind of help, you know, rearrange stuff during the game or get get more of an advantage in the game. There's one where you can take a cargo token. So one of the things that we didn't say at the beginning is, like, when you're putting these boats off, you will load all the tokens on all the boats so they're all filled. And then as you're removing these cargo tokens, you will refill them automatically. And also at the beginning of the game too, you take out three reserve tokens that go on this little square spot, kind of at the edge of the top, what was it, the top left corner of the grid or whatever. And uh, those are kind of made extra for if you play this one token called take one cargo token. So what happens is you can use that token to just take anything off of any one of the boats. So after you take that one token, you replace it with one of those reserve tokens there. 
But you have to use these tokens as your turn. Yes. Yep. 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 Another one of the tokens is place two to three meeples. I feel like this one is a fun one to do, but also kind of hard in itself too, because you can really, I feel like you can kind of handcuff yourself if you put too many out and there's a possibility for someone to have you take something you don't want. So you have to be careful there. Yeah. You kind of expose yourself on that one. Yeah. But I thought, um, one that was nice, but hard was there's one where you can place one meeple and you can unload one to two boats. I always wanted to play that when I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that one's hard to remember because you can place a guy and unload two boats, but you also have to remember the rule that if you unload a boat that has, and once you unload one boat, if you don't have enough meeples to unload another boat, or you if you kind of mess your, yeah, or if you, yeah, or if you mess yourself up and you're like, oh crap, I have to unload this other boat that other people, you know, someone else is going to, you know, get something better with, you know, you have to be kind of careful, but I think that, that myself, I kind of like that one too. It's just, you have to know, kind of know what you're doing ahead of time to use it. Otherwise you yeah. can really, you, that, uh, that's another one you can kind of handcuff yourself with too. Well, and you could set yourself up to be able to use it and then the other player can come in and clear a boat. Yeah, exactly. Or unload a boat. Yeah. And then there's another token where you can swap two cargo tokens and unload. So basically what you're just... I don't swap think we anything. ever used that. I used it once, but I think that was when I played it with Mike, not with you. Oh, I I don't... Yeah, I don't... Yeah. I never used that one. Yeah, so basically you're just switch swapping any two tokens on any one boat. You can't do multiple boats, and then you unload depending... And still using the rules of you have to have at least two meeples to unload that boat. That could be an advantage, too, if you don't want to collect any more pyramid tokens mm -hmm. or you don't care about the tokens that I can't pronounce. Um <laughs> uh, yeah. you know. Yeah. Well, let's talk about like side A and side B. So, we kind of talked about it a little bit. You know, I feel like we kind of referenced this at the beginning like playing the side A of the board. I felt like it wasn't as duly. I felt like it was just kind of a a quieter chess match where it was like, okay, well, let's try to get these you know, tokens here and stuff like that. And it, there wasn't as much interaction, you know, trying to screw the other person over. I mean, there are ways to do that, but I feel like we didn't do as much with that. I felt like we were a little more tamer. We were tamer. There was a little bit when I'd be like, oh, yep, I totally know what he's doing because you were collecting temple tokens. Mm -hmm. And so I'd be like, well, totally lost the game because he has a whole lot of temple tokens. And as somebody collects temple tokens, they actually place them face down. So you have no idea what the values of those temple tokens are that have like the almost like a dice pip like thing on them. Mm -hmm. And so it looked like you had a huge stack of them. And then I'd be like, oh, God, how many points is he going to score on this? And so it, it felt a little dually, yeah. but not once we started playing side B, I'm like, Mm, I think side B is more of that dual yeah, more match. competitive and stuff. Yeah, it is. And, and something that I'm gonna kind of go back just to, just to have a second here. Like I almost felt like maybe I didn't describe the uh, side A temple part well enough. It's the number of circles on those, basically the the like pips or whatever you want to call them on those tokens. That's that's how many points you're gonna get. So like. If there, if you have a one, it's one point. If you have two, it's two points. If you have four, it's four points. 
So like it's it's not it's not the token, it's every circle symbol on there. So I don't know if I explained that correctly. I'm just gonna say that just to kind of cover my ass. <laughs> so I just wanna make sure. And then it felt like as soon as we got into side B, it felt like all of a sudden we were like, oh yeah, this and that, this and that. And it's like, use oh, let's use all of these tokens now because we want to make sure that this person doesn't get, you know, five of the obelisk tokens before I do. And let's, you know, let's, I want to make sure that this person doesn't get any of these other. Like uh, the number ones, the, uh, what are those? I mean, we were, we were more, con- I was more conscious of using what numbers I was going to be collecting for the tombs. Mm-hmm. But then as we hit towards the end of the game, then we, I felt like depending on the game and how it was rolling, we would either save or utilize our, why can't I think of what the tokens are? The action tokens. That's what they're called. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> we would save them or use the action tokens because uh, if we didn't use them, then we'd get an extra point at the end, and we were trying to squeak by, or squeak, uh, squeak, squeak, squeak past the extra person with either meeples on the harbor or extra um, action tokens that we had used. Yeah. If we thought, well, we've collected these, but this isn't really the one I wanted to use, then we wouldn't just use it to use it. We'd use it to score, or we'd keep it to score. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. It's, and it's funny because even like, you know, talking about like putting the meeples on the harbor at the end, like sometimes it's like, okay, am I close? I don't know. I'll just keep putting out guys on the board. But, you know, that might actually mess up stuff because like say, you know, say somebody makes you take something you don't want and you don't need, like, like with those obelisk tokens for side B, like if you don't end up getting the points for the obelisk then you're just getting obelisk tokens for no reason because you're not using them and that's what happened to you in one of the games yeah exactly and so that kind of sucked but yeah i'd like kind of like to talk about this compared to the original emotep like i feel like 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 we said like the side a is very unlike emotep where it's more like not as screw your partner over that kind of thing or screw other players over but side b almost seems like you know almost like the Emotep, the original, because it's like there's a lot of back and forth and there's a lot of like, you know, I'm going to make sure that you don't get this and I'm going to get this and a lot of uh, vying for the, the cer- certain things. I think I think you're right in that way because you can, you can kind of send them off to another place where they're collecting a token that they maybe didn't want or they weren't lining themselves up for. But I think between side A and side B, they're the blend between the original game. Yeah. <clears throat> because some of the stuff from side A is kind of that basic point collection from the original game. Mm-hmm. And the some of the elements from side B, the variant side B, is the gotcha. Mm-hmm. Sending the, the ships uh, or the boats off with the cargo for somebody to go to the market or whatever to collect cards that they don't give a crap about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. I don't know. That's kind of what I think. Yeah. So I, but I also think that, you know, between this and Emotep, we have both now, thanks to Thames and Cosmos for, you know, letting us have a review copy of Emotep, like but Emotep I, the duel, the duel. Thank you. Sorry. But I also don't, I, I think that their 
similar enough, but also different enough where you can have both and you can have mm-hmm. different experiences with both. I agree. And boy, I tell you, I wasn't, I wasn't sure that they were going to be different enough. Yeah, me too. But I think they are. Yeah, I think so. And it's, it's a nice game for us because we play most of our games as two players. And so to play a game that is designed as a two player can only be a two player game mm-hmm. makes it really nice because some there's some games out there that don't play as well as two players because they're not designed only for two. Yeah. Yeah, I you you're right. You know, it it is one of those things where some of these games don't do not play well at two players. So like like I even think Imhotep actually does play well at two players, but again, yeah. you're not going to have I don't think it's that same experience with this. So it's cool that they were able to, you know, kind of put the Imhotep dual, you know, thing on it like they they, technically they could have made this into another themed game really if they wanted to possibly and if they wanted it to be more players then it would just have been a bigger grid yeah with more boats but then you're i don't see you're totally creeping into the original but you are kind of creeping into the original and this one makes it unique it does so i don't know i just i think it leaves for the opportunity some people might be kind of mad that it's only a two-player game but i dig it because we do two-player games yeah and i i think i think we're at a point in the board game realm now where people if people know what a, the duel is it's going to be a two-player game so you know they they know what they know what they're they do. getting coming in well so. i know i know that i just mean like they want more mm-hmm. like of a party game or they want a five five and not player game mm-hmm. and we don't look for those <laughs> Ever. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it has to be two and up. Yeah. So let's rate this game and talk about if we, if you know, if we like it or if we, maybe we don't. We like to pass on it. So we've got our rating system. We've got a collection keeper, which is one that we're going to play almost nine times out of ten, ten times out of ten, that kind of thing. It's going to be one that's in our collection and we play really, you know, we play often. Uh, we also have fair player. That's going to be one of those that we're not going to play every single time, but It'll be a game that we play at regular intervals. Uh, another one is Overlooked. It might be one that we see and we just pass it up for something else, but maybe we'll play it every once in a while. And then we're going to have our Unfortunate Passer, which it's going to be not our deal. So let's talk about uh, Emotep the Duel. So let's talk about Emotep the Duel. So Tracy, what would you rate Emotep the Duel? I would rate it as a fair player. Okay. I would say that it wouldn't, necessarily be the very first game that I would think of to pick from our game collection when we're going to have game day or something like that but I find it a good challenge and something different to be able to want to pull from the shelf to play often enough I I mean I feel like it has good components just like the original game Mm mm-hmm but with enough of a difference to be able to not want to toss it. Yeah. <laughs> not that we would ever toss it, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Like not to be like trying to yeah. take that out yeah. or Same something. Thing. Yeah. Just get like play it for a few and then get rid of it. Cause it doesn't present yeah. as much as a challenge. Yeah. I just don't, I can't, I, the only thing is I can't imagine us playing it all the time, partially because we have a lot of other things that we want to play too. Yeah. I also think it's a fair player for me too. I think that, you know, I've already made the 
the comparison to chess, it's like very chess matchy and very like, aha, I got, I got you here and that kind of thing. And I, for me, I think it would be a fun one to play not only with you, but also with Mike, because, you know, you both are very competitive and you want to, you know, play a certain way to win. Like me, I'm a little more, I don't know, open-minded and just... Um, Are you saying I'm not open? No, I'm. I, that's I'm not the word. Kidding. That's not the word I'm thinking of. Like, if I lose, I lose, kind of thing. But it also like this game, like, kind of ups my game, where it's like I have to be on my game to win this game. So I like that challenge, kind of like and gentlemen. He was on his game because <laughs> yeah. he did beat me. I did beat you once. I'm on. I'm on quite a streak right he now. He is on it. Well, no, oh, not the very so last. Not game. Not the last one. But that's okay though. But he's on a streak, and I'm ready to. To beat him now. Yeah. She, she she actually said she wanted to flip the table the uh, <laughs> second to last game we played. So that means I'm doing something this right. This game made me angry. <laughs> I wanted this game but makes that, people want to flip the tables. Yeah. You can use that quote. Yeah. But I actually like. but I think that's in a good way where it's like Oh yeah. I just oh I can't believe I just lost that game. Let's play that again, you know, so I can Oh yeah, you know. it really made me angry. Yeah. <laughs> That that's but, what you should put on the box. But, Quote from Tracy Amuler from the MFG cast. It made me angry. But in a good way. In a good way. Well, that and the fact that he's been winning so many games. <laughs> and I, and he and no offense, but I he doesn't win as many. But now I feel like now he feels undefeated. Yeah, going from 2019 to 2020, 2020 will be the year that I am undefeated. That would never then happen. he will leave playing a lot of solo games. Oh, you get that? <laughs> Yikes, that could go way too many ways. So I will skip away from that. You and... could probably take that one out. No, I like it. So yeah, <laughs> so that was Evotep the Duel. Thanks for thanks to Thames and Cosmos for letting us have a re- for letting us have a review copy of it yeah, to tell thank you, you folks about it. I feel like lately, um, Thames and Cosmos really isn't coming out with any duds, which is cool. It's nice to see that they, you know time to time have actually you know made some awesome games so but we'll see if that streak continues in the future so until next time i'm kurt and i'm tracy and this was the mfg cast thanks for listening guys and girls and non-binaries and, and dogs and dogs woof woof and kitties <laughs> and, ger- and, and gerbils and squids and and newts. goodbye bye 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 Legends of Tabletop Podcast. Creating legends one die at a time.